Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Pivoting with Emily. My name is Emily, and I'm your host. This podcast is for anyone looking for an escape that leaves them feeling inspired. I'm a woman in my 20s trying to figure it all out, fight for my dreams, and become the best version of myself along the way. On today's episode, we are talking about strategies for building habits, along with habits that I'm leaving in 2022, keeping for 2023, and trying to build for the new year as well. But before we get into today's topic, we are going to be doing my usual three segments, which are my current inspiration, how I'm becoming the best version of myself, and something I am looking forward to. My current inspiration has to be my back patio area. Okay, if you don't know, I am redoing my back patio area, okay? I've mentioned it in a couple of the previous podcast episodes and it is happening guys like it's officially happening I went and I already have my inspiration from Pinterest like I have a it's not really a Pinterest board all about the back patio but I have a Pinterest ideas circulating on my home decor boards so I have all the inspiration I need from Pinterest and like I know exactly what I want so I went out this past weekend and I was looking around at Target and home goods and different places like that around my town. And then I decided to go online as well to some furniture shops, such as like Ikea and other places. Then I actually landed on Amazon. Well, guys, I fell in love with a couch because that's going to be my big, my biggest expense on the patio is the couch that I'm getting. So I found one at Target that I was absolutely in love with. Like I was like, oh my goodness, but it was really quite expensive and it did not have a component I really wanted, which was a component of the couch to be storage. And so I went on Amazon and of course Amazon had it. It wasn't the same color. The one at Target was dark brown which I loved. And the one on Amazon, it was like cream and gray, which I know sounds really bad. I promise it's actually pretty cute. And the cushions on it are beige. And so it kind of still gives that like brown look. And it was 50% less than the one at Target and it even had storage. So I was like, you know what? Let's take a chance on it. So I ordered it. I also ordered those cute outdoor lights and some hooks to hang them up. And then like this whole outlet situation so that it's properly all set up. I also am planning on doing a rug, maybe a little outdoor lamp and like some wall decor. Like I'm not exactly sure. It's a very small space. Think of an outside patio area in an apartment. Think of that size. That is the space I'm working with. So not big at all, but I want to make it as cute as possible. My goal is I want to be able to turn on the lights and read out there with like a cozy blanket. You know what I mean? I want it to be so super cozy. That's really all I want from this. Like I want to hang out out there on my back porch, on my back patio. So anyways, that is absolutely what's like driving my creative juices right now. So I would have to say that is probably my current inspiration. How I'm becoming the best version of myself is by getting into bed at 8 p.m. every night. I'm trying a new bedtime routine where I stop work at 7 p.m. every single day, no matter what. And I do what I need to do, such as dinner, clean up, feed the dogs, and then getting into my cozy bed at 8 p.m. My goal is to read and then to fall asleep between like 9.30, 10 o'clock. I wake up at 5 a.m. almost every single day of the week because of my job. And so having a consistent night's, nighttime schedule is really important. And I would say I'm pretty good about this. I mean, I prioritize sleep 
And so it is important that I go to bed on time, but I don't always give myself a ton of time to read before bed. And so I find myself having to squeeze in reading like a ton on the weekends whenever I'm off, but then also just other times of the day as well. And my favorite time to read is at nighttime. And so just to find a place and find a way to bring that enjoyment back to my life where I read for a long period of time before bed is something I'm really trying to work on. And so there's really kind of two components to this. Number one is like stopping work at 7 p.m. And I'm hoping by forcing myself to stop at 7 p.m., what that will do is it will make me prioritize getting my work done in a more timely manner during the day. And so I forestop myself working at 7 p.m., do what I need to, and then 8 p.m. I'm in bed and I just start reading. And then usually after a little bit of time and once it gets close to like 9, 30, 10, I'm pretty dang tired just naturally. And so I go to bed and then that's it. So that is how I'm becoming the best version of, of myself. For something I am looking forward to is inspired from last week's episode i went over how to get out of and avoid the january blues the new year blues and when i was talking in last week's episode i was talking about how it's important to have things to look forward to and i feel like it's really easy to look forward to the more obvious things such as a vacation or a birthday party something like that and those are great to look forward to i think that that's perfect and especially if it's like within a seven day period but having things sprinkled throughout your weeks or even your day to look forward to is definitely a goal of mine so i've decided to think more micro this week in terms of something i'm looking forward to so i actually wanted to name off two number one is something i've already discussed but i'm really looking forward to shutting everything down at 7 p.m every night i am a workaholic i am sure most of us feel like that sadly but i will work until very late hours some nights and i want to stop doing that like i want to have a cutoff time and, and stay true to that and i know it's all about building the habit of doing that and that is something i'm really trying to focus on this week i just want to start small and not be like i want to do it every day for the rest of my life like no i just want to try this week sunday to sunday shutting off my computer not doing anything focused on work at 7 p.m so that is one thing I'm looking forward to because that means I get to read more at night. And then the other thing I'm looking forward to is something I'm doing on Tuesday night. It's so simple, but I'm actually really excited because I am actually going to stop working at 6 p.m. that day and have a solo movie night. And I'm so excited because I'm going to watch the most girly, funny, ridiculously cheesy movie that I can find on Netflix with my dogs. There will be snacks, there will be snuggles, and I'm very excited. I can't remember what the movie was called, but I was on Netflix a few days ago and I was looking at the movies and I was like, that is something I need to watch. So I don't even know what the movie is. I don't even know if I will watch that one, but I am going to be having a solo movie night on Tuesday and those are the things that I'm looking forward to. Have you guys ever heard that it takes 21 days to form a habit? Well, that is actually inaccurate according to James Clear. You guys might have heard of him. He is the famous author of the famous book, Atomic Habit. If you guys have not read this book already, I do highly recommend. 
According to James Clear, it takes around two months, specifically 66 days to form an automatic habit. When you think of an automatic habit, think of locking your car door after exiting it. But that's kind of an easy one. Another example for me is I've developed the automatic habit of stretching after every single workout. He also emphasizes in his book that making mistakes or quote failing along the process of forming an automatic habit is inevitable. And depending on the habit you are working on, it could take anywhere from 18 to 254 days to learn. Getting a little bit deeper into this discussion, I wanted to bring in an article by the New York Times, which I will link in the show notes. It is titled, How to Build Healthy Habits, and I'm going to use this as a guide. And what I want to do is actually share a personal habit that I have developed over the years that I would say is very strong today. And like I said, I'm going to use this example to kind of guide us through what the New York Times says on how to build healthy habits. So the example I want to use is my habit of reading every single day. The New York Times says that tip number one is to habit stack. What this means is you want to basically piggyback off of already developed and automatic habits in order to form your new habits. So taking my reading example, what I wanted to do was read at nighttime. Okay, it didn't have to be for a long period of time, but every night, and I know, I knew that every day I wanted to read, so I chose the nighttime, and what I did was I left my book by my bedside table where I turn on my lamp because two things that I do right before bed that are so automatic for me is brush my teeth, and then I turn on my lamp, turn off my light, my overhead light, and I crawl into bed. So there's no way I'm going to miss reading because I'm going to leave my book right next to my lamp, which is very automatic for me. It was It's something that I've been doing for years. That is something that worked for me and it made it to where I could never not see my book and at least read one page or whatever my goals were back in the day. And that is actually a habit that's held true to this day. I read every single night and I have this exact thing I do where I brush my teeth. And I turn on my lamp, I grab my book, crawl into bed, get all cozied up, and I read. That is what I did. Something else you can do if you're trying to read in the mornings and you happen to be a coffee drinker but make it applicable to you is you can leave your book that you're wanting to read next to your coffee pot. That way when you wake up in the morning and you're super groggy and out of it, don't like doing anything, you go over to your coffee pot and turn it on. You see your book, you grab it, and you read for five minutes or whatever, like I said, your goals are. So tip number one is habit stacking. The New York Times says that tip number two is to start small. The idea with this one is that a big behavior would require a high level of energy and motivation. So what you want to do is avoid that completely and make it in your mind such a small task you have to do. So again, let's take the reading example. I started so small. Okay, guys, five minutes of reading. And look, I'm not trying to get made fun of here, but I genuinely could not sit down and concentrate to read. And this is what I had to do so that in my mind, I never thought it was this ginormous 
chore I had to do. It's kind of like building a cleaning habit. Whenever you're like, okay, I want to like start cleaning my house more regularly. I'm not going to start with saying I need to clean my house for an entire hour every week. Like that didn't work for me either. What I had to do instead was say, you know what, every week I'm going to make sure that I sweep the floors and Windex my mirrors. That in total takes me about 20 minutes. That's something I can manage every single week. And then I just built it from there. With this reading habit, the same thing happened. For a little while, I just needed to build that habit of, hey, after I brush my teeth and I turn on my lamp, I open my book. I would set a timer on my phone and for five minutes, I would concentrate on the pages and I would simply read. Pro tip, pro tip guys, is do not start with nonfiction. I know that's where you maybe want to start, but I highly recommend trying fiction books instead. This is actually something I wish that I would have done, not to make this a tip in a podcast episode about reading tips, but in hindsight, I would have definitely started my reading journey with fictitious books over nonfiction. Specifically, I would read self-development books before bed, and I just feel like I would have been more captivated in a fiction story. So that is just like a little bonus tip. But back to the point, which is to start small. If your mind is overwhelmed by a habit you're trying to develop, no matter what it is, workout habit, reading habit, cleaning habit, that you're trying to build in your life, you need to start small or your mind may want to avoid it altogether. Your mind can be a pretty crazy place. So just trust me, start really, really small and then slowly build up. You might surprise yourself with how quickly you can actually build up your stamina for reading or working out or any other habits that you want to do. So tip number two is to start small. The New York Times says that tip number three is to do the habit every single day. The idea is that the more often and consistent that you do something, the faster it becomes a way of life. And remember guys, when we're building these habits, the goal is that it becomes second nature. It becomes automatic. It becomes your way of life. And it kind of brings me to the discussion of choosing a habit and really thinking through making sure any habit you're trying to build into your life is something you want in your life long term. Now, I do believe in seasonal goals. I know I've gone through seasons where I prioritize trying to meditate every day. And that wasn't really something that stuck long term. And I think that's something that's data that I can use to remember for my future if I ever want to try to incorporate meditation again, because it's not really a habit more so than a tool, if that makes sense. Like meditation is a tool I can use in my life seasonally or every so often. Whereas reading was something I was like, this is something I want to make my lifestyle. I want to do it every single day. I want to be an avid reader. I know that is just a quality of who I am and what I want to represent. I hope I'm making sense here. But back to the point, doing it every single day. I knew in my heart of heart that reading was something that I wanted to do this made it easier for me to put in the work to develop that daily habit of reading because it was 
really true to who I was. And another example is for all my students out there, which is to build the habit of studying every single day. It was easy for me to build this habit because I knew that there was a long-term benefit. I plan to be in school for a very long time. So building the habit of being someone who studies every day would lead me to academic success and good grades, graduating, going to higher education, so on and so forth. So committing to that long-term goal and that long-term habit of studying every day, there, there was perks in it. Just like being an avid reader and reading every day, like those are things that are really true to who I am and represent who I am. I think it's worth really thinking about what habits are true to you because they're more likely to stick. You're more likely to feel the benefits and understand the benefits for your own personal life on a long-term basis because if the habit that you're choosing to do is not really true to who you are, it is very unlikely that A, you'll see the benefits you're looking for and B, that you will even do it long term. So bringing me back to that example of I once tried to develop a habit of meditation every single day. And while I do find it to be a great tool and I'm not trying to say it's not a great habit to have every day if that is for you, it was something I was doing because other people were doing it. So I kind of felt like, okay, maybe meditation would be a good habit for me to do every single day. And what I found is that I actually don't want to commit five to 10 minutes to meditating every single day. That's not something that I want to do. Whereas reading, it was something more worth my time and effort, at least at this stage in my life. I hope I'm making sense, but either way, tip number three is just to do it every single day. And my add-on tip to that is just to make sure it's really a habit that you want for yourself long-term. The New York Times says that tip number four is to make it easy. This one emphasizes on removing any and all obstacles. So going back to our mind, making us avoid any difficult work. I mean, we're in control. Like even if something's difficult, we're going to push the envelope and bloom into the person that we really want to be. And that's going to take struggle. It's going to take effort. It's definitely going to take discomfort. But our brains, we're survivors. I mean, we're humans that it's great that we adapt to all these different things. But at the end of the day, our minds want us to take minimal effort because our bodies are designed to conserve energy and coast and survive. Like we are just thriving and surviving, you know, but living in the society we live in, we all want to progress forward and develop into these better versions of ourselves. And so we're kind of at a tug of war with our mind sometimes. And I think a lot of these tips kind of are about that. And this one is included. So when we say to make it easy and remove the obstacles, it's kind of a way to trick our mind into thinking that building this habit may be easier than what we think. So reading is kind of not a great habit in this because there's not a whole lot of obstacles when it comes to reading. Honestly, the biggest obstacle that I think I had was reading nonfiction over fiction. Like I said, I recommend diving into fiction books because you can fall in love with a storyline rather than like a self-development book that's kind of very rigid and yeah. 
It's just not as good. So I don't want to use reading as an example on this one. I'm going to use making or creating a fitness habit. I feel like a great way to reduce friction and to remove obstacles is to prepare your gym bag the night before. I feel like this is such a great way to already be ready to grab your bag and head out the door. There's no reason that you can't go from work or school straight to the gym or vice versa, go straight to the gym and then to work or school right after if you already have a gym bag ready. I know for me on my busy, crazy days, I have a full workout outfit, new underwear and new socks included, my gym sneakers and everything, my headphones. Oh my gosh, do not ever forget your headphones, ladies and gentlemen. But having that gym bag ready, it just removes the obstacle of worrying about it in the morning, which is so, so helpful. So that's the example I will give you guys for this tip, but that is to make it easy, remove obstacles so you can avoid any friction. The New York Times says that tip number five and the most exciting one is to reward yourself. I used to have no idea what this meant. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't feel like anybody I watched on YouTube or just information I looked up ever really explained it very well. So I'm hoping some of the examples I can give with rewarding yourself can be helpful. And you guys could just like copy mine completely. So rewarding yourself. It is what it sounds like. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like positive reinforcement when training dogs. It's where they do something good and like give them a treat. And again, it tricks your brain to be like, okay, we're going to do that more often because our brain loves reward just like a dog's brain, you know, same, same. So the way I reward myself and it's so much fun for anybody who is a bookworm out there or you want to get into reading, this is it okay you finish a book first of all finishing a book is so rewarding like that final page closing the book and then getting to just like analyze it in your head go on to goodreads and see what other people think rate the book going on to youtube and seeing what other people talked about it maybe having a book club where you have a group of people that talks about the same book that is a reward in itself there's so many rewards with reading books i'm just absolutely in love but Another reward is to go to the bookstore and get another book. I literally love doing this so much. Sometimes I get a cute little bookmark for myself and I just like nosy around the bookstores. I don't always get a coffee, but that if that's something you would want to do, like grab a coffee, go to Barnes and Noble, go to the Starbucks, get a coffee, go walk around and look at the books and just like have a wonderful time. I feel like that is such a great reward system. Other ways to reward yourself because I used to be so into fitness. It like was actually crazy, I would be like, I have no idea how to reward myself when it comes to fitness. And a great way to do this and something I use today is, oh, you guys might not like this, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it. So I'm sorry if you think this sucks, but something that I do at the gym, especially when I'm doing cardio, is I listen to a podcast that I really enjoy. I don't make it a self-development one personally. Well, Sometimes I do if I'm in the mood, but specifically, I really like listening to a podcast at the gym because it kind of puts me in a bright mood. It, it feels like I'm like talking to my girlfriend, specifically gals on the go. That is, <laughs> it's kind of funny because I'm like laughing to myself on the treadmill, but 
I love listening to them whenever I am doing my cardio. And I think it's a great way to reward myself because it's, I don't know. I don't know how else you reward yourself at the gym, to be completely honest. Maybe buying yourself new gym clothes. But whenever I was into my fitness phase, I was so broke. It like there was no way I was rewarding myself with gym clothes, even though that's what I wanted to do. So a good reward and something to make it more of an enjoyable experience was to start listening to girly, chatty, funny podcasts. Another one is if you're trying to get into cooking your meals, guys, I've got this locked and loaded. And I think it all came from being so broke, I could never eat out. So I would learn to cook all of my meals at home. And this is a habit that I have to this day. I cook basically every single night and every dinner is my lunch for the next day as well. It's a great habit. And sometimes, guys, I'm a busy bee. Sometimes I do not feel like cooking. I do love the art of cooking, but the mundane, just cooking every single night, these meals and just get so boring. Anyways, what I do is I prop up my laptop and I either watch Netflix or I watch a YouTuber that I love and it makes the experience so much better. Just trust me, if you live with roommates or you live with people, just pop in your headphones, open up your laptop and watch whatever you want and like zone out and do your thing. Because like chopping vegetables, you're literally just sitting there with a chopping board, just chop, chop, chopping away. So if you have like a nice show, like New Girl on in the background or Gilmore Girls in the background, like that's just gonna make it so much better. And I feel like that is a way to reward yourself during doing something that maybe is not that enjoyable. It's kind of mundane. So those are some reward examples that I have for you guys. But tip number five is to reward yourself. Now that we have talked about some tips and strategies for creating lasting habits, I now want to get into some more personal examples. I'm going to be reviewing the habits I am leaving behind, the habits I am keeping up with, and the habits I am currently in the process of building. So let's go ahead and get started with the habits I am leaving behind. Number one, Scrolling on social media. Never have I come away from scrolling and felt good. Like I just don't personally get a whole lot of enjoyment from doing it. I don't know if it's my pages. I, I don't know what's going on with TikTok and Instagram, but I just never feel great afterwards. Apps that make me feel good and I will scream this until my I'm in my grave those are Pinterest and YouTube. Those are my feel-good apps. TikTok and Instagram, while I do follow people that are hilarious and like I love their fashion, I love certain things about them, I just don't feel good after a scroll sesh. So what I'm doing this year is I am muting the apps. I don't know if that's what it's called. It's where you don't delete the app off your phone. I never delete the actual accounts I have, but I will mute the apps so that you have to search for them to pull them up to get onto them. So I didn't want to do that. So just muting the apps is helpful. It's not 100% curing my problems. I definitely think that this is one of those things where I need to be very intentional with my moment to moment to stay on top of it because look, I fall victim whenever I'm like, feeling overwhelmed or overworked because that is somewhere I can click on my phone and just like not think about anything. 
And then just like stressful times and before bed, when I wake up, like just certain little pockets of time like that. And I think it really just comes to being very intentional with my time on a moment to moment basis. So this is something I'm working on and a habit I am trying to leave behind. Number two is perfectionism. This is something I've struggled with my whole entire life. It has caused me to not do things because I am so obsessed with them being perfect instead of just trying and you know it not being the best and then trying again and getting better and better i'm so sick of it specifically with creating content i feel like everything has to be perfect and polished and it's no that is not a good way to create content ever because you'll never get anything out consistently so i'm leaving perfectionism in the dust because it is so not good for my content creation number three habit i'm leaving behind is hitting the snooze button okay guys i'm very punctual it's very important to me i'm places on time but I have been getting frustrated with myself because I will hit the snooze button like two to three times. And I'm one of those people that I want to be more intentional. And so this is something that frustrates me of like, and then lastly, and this one's kind of deep, so I'm not going to get too into it, but something I'm trying to leave behind is letting my emotions dictate what I do when hard emotions come up and specifically the emotion that I struggle with is stress. And I hate the way that stress can sometimes dictate what I do and how I react to the emotion of stress, if that makes sense. So I am internalizing this and something that I'm thinking a lot about this year, but it is essentially something I am trying to leave behind. Now moving on to habits I am keeping for 2023. These are things that I am so incredibly proud to say I have really become stable habits in my life. Like they are good, they're stable, they're automatic, and no, they're not always perfect, but these are things that are definitely a part of my lifestyle. So number one is less TV and more reading. Specifically, my reading everyday habit is very good, something I'm very proud of because it is something that I genuinely had to start at at ground zero, ground negative zero, honestly. I was not a reader before I started really putting in the work to become a reader. And now the book world makes me so excited. So less TV, more reading. Number two habit that I am keeping is tracking and prioritizing my sleep. Guys, the primary reason I use my Apple Watch is to track my sleep because I think it is so much fun. I don't know. I'm just like obsessed with it. Not in a toxic or unhealthy way. It's just fun to see how much like deep sleep I get or whatever. So tracking and prioritizing sleep. Sleep has become my like superpower health habit. Like I just feel like beauty sleep is real. Like my skin looks better. My hair looks better. I'm so nice to everybody when I get enough sleep. So that is something I'm keeping. Number three is tracking my finances. When I've talked about multiple times in this episode how broke I used to be, it's so very true. And one of the first things I did to turn around my financial state where I was at to, to where I am now was simply just tracking my finances, creating a budget and building from there. So obviously I'm going to continue that habit. Number four is drinking one and a half to two liters of water per day. Whenever I was a gym rat and I was just like obsessed with working out, I genuinely thought I had to drink a gallon of water today. Girlfriend, you don't. 
to whoever needs to hear that. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make anybody mad by saying that, but you just don't need that. I I fell under that um, for a long time. And I just personally think that for my body, one and a half and my activity level, one and a half to two liters per day is what works for me. Number five is my AM and PM skin, hair, and teeth care routines. These are things that are they're not always evolving, but you know, I'm trying new things and, and always messing around with, but in general, I'm very, while the routines and like what products I use may change, the habits of me doing them in the morning and at night is there. And I just want to continue doing that. And then number six, the final one is also something just like my reading habit. I'm so incredibly proud of, and that is prioritizing my mental health over everything. If I could give you guys one piece of advice when it comes to prioritizing your mental health, that is to remember that you need to, two things. Number one is you need to ride your own wave. You're on your own life wave and that's the wave that you need to ride and no self-comparison, no competing, like you are doing you. Okay. So I'm just going to repeat, no self-comparison, no competing, you are doing you. Another way to look at riding your own wave is that that is that can be taken on a day-to-day basis. So like every day, no matter what life throws at me, whether that's good or bad, I am riding the wave. I'm riding it through. I'm calm. I'm collected. Like it's all good. I'm going to get through this. Like I'm just riding my wave. It's just like kind of my life mantra, I guess. I just ride my wave. And so I just want to share that with you guys just in case it's helpful. That concludes the habits I'm keeping up with. Lastly, these are the habits I'm trying to build into my life because I'm hoping they have obviously a positive impact. And some are really, really small. So, you know, they're not too big of a deal. Number one is I have been so good. Okay, guys, I've been so good about my five-minute gratitude journal in the morning and my five-minute journaling in the morning. So I do a total of 10 minutes of journaling every single morning. And in the month of January, it's towards the end of January now, I would say every week I'm probably averaging about five mornings out of an entire week, which is really good for a new habit. And I'm pretty proud of myself. I think this is something that I really want for myself long-term. I think it's something that... I think is going to serve me well and that's why I'm able to keep up with it. So that is the first one. Number two is daily sunscreen on my face. I am one of those people who's pretty bad about doing this. So I'm just starting with every morning putting sunscreen on my face. I'm one of those people that if I'm in the sun, like if I'm going to the pool, of course I'll put sunscreen on, but every day I'm pretty bad about that. I just, I feel like I use that excuse like, oh, I look, I work in a hospital, so I, I don't need to put it on. And I'm like, you know what? No. That is so bad. So, so bad. So I'm wearing sunscreen every single day. I'm using the La Rouge Pose and I have been loving it. Number three is being calm throughout my days. This is more so something I kind of have to think about every morning and think about throughout my day, especially when I feel like I'm becoming emotional in any way, especially that emotion of like stress or anxiety. I just kind of take a deep breath and I think like, just be calm, just be calm. Like try not to say anything or react, like internalize it and then move forward. So just being calm throughout my days is something I'm really prioritizing. Number four is daily movement. 
As you guys know, I used to be pretty into working out and I take a much more gentle approach now. And I would say I quote work out about three days a week, whether that is going on runs or doing like a self-led Pilates or yoga at home or at the gym. But in general, I am trying to incorporate daily movement. And hear me out, it can be very small. So so if I take a break from doing YouTube editing and I go to the living room and pull out my yoga mat and I just stretch for 10 minutes, like that is considered daily movement. Another thing considered daily movement is just taking my dogs on a walk. It doesn't have to be a three mile long walk. It can be a half mile walk and boom, there's my daily movement. I just wanna try to shift my mindset to being a more active lifestyle instead of being someone who's like, I go to the gym this many times a week and I do these specific workouts and blah, blah, blah. I really want to be someone who's like, yeah, let's go play tennis this day. And then let's go for a jog this day. And then like, let's walk the dogs this day. Oh, let's go visit that new park this day. Like that's kind of more what I'm trying to lean into. And so I feel like building the habit of just moving daily without judging what that movement is, is a good way to get the end result I'm looking for. It is something, I don't even know how to approach this, but it's something that's kind of on my mind that I'm trying to work on is balance with life in general, but specifically work work in school. Those two, I struggle, I struggle, I struggle. So this is something that I'm just really trying to work on. I know I talked about at the beginning of the episode, shutting off working at 7 p.m. every single night. I'm just doing that this week because I just don't know if I can commit to that, honestly, because I have to have time to get work done. But maybe it can be where I do that some days and I don't do it other days. I I don't know. Just thinking about it, I feel like can help me put my mind in a place where I can start solving the problem, if that makes sense. Like sometimes when you just put something in your mind, your your mind does start coming up with solutions for yourself. It's when you just kind of avoid things altogether and just like avoid the problem and avoid the struggles you're going with. Like, no, they deserve thought, they deserve time and, and effort to try to solve these problems. And it's one of those things when you're in your 20s and you're going after all of these things and trying to figure out what's for you, what's not for you. It, life is chaotic. Like life is busy. Life is crazy. And I think I think it's supposed to be that way. You know, I, I don't really think I would have it another way. I'd rather be going after things that I'm curious about and that spike my interest rather than just being bored. So I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. I, I feel like a lot of people can probably relate to that. But that concludes today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I will be linking the article from New York Times in the show notes if you guys did want to check that out. We have an Instagram page. It's at Pivoting with Emily. And I would really appreciate if you left me a five-star rating and a review with some kind words. It really helps out the podcast and I personally would really appreciate it. But other than that, I hope you guys are having a great day when you are listening to this and I will see you in the next one.